0: Hello, this is Dr. Terry, and this is Episode Seventeen of Chat with Dr. Terry, the podcast. Um, firstly, this episode is well overdue. I initially started to put thoughts on paper about, you know, what I wanted to discuss for this episode, probably about a month ago. But I really wanted to do it justice and just take my time to flesh out the concepts that I wanted to present. And first, because I'm admittedly a huge overthinker, you know, I mainly wanted to talk about this because I think it's something that keeps a lot of us stuck and that is easily buying into everything that we think. So the reality is just because we think something does not make it true and really easily buying into every single thing that we think, you know, just doesn't really serve us. It often only makes things so much more complex and convoluted than, you know, they need to be. So recently, I posted an image on the podcast Instagram page, which is the same as the name of this podcast, which is Chat with Dr. Terry. So feel free to follow if you haven't already. And the post is really a depiction of a problem in our head with a huge circle versus the problem in real life, which is a little dot. And it so authentically depicts how we sometimes catastrophize situations, contributing to more stress and distress that we experience. And so I won't fully delve into the composition of how our brains are wired, but just simply put, our brain is a mini computer and it just processes things in images and words so powerfully. There's experts that say that the mind thinks about 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts a day. So this within itself gives um, some insight into how quickly thoughts run in and out of our minds. And half of these thoughts, we might not often, you know, realize or be aware of um, when we're thinking them. So knowing this, it's important to first acknowledge that thoughts are constantly flowing through our minds, many of which directly impact how we feel, contributing to negative or positive emotions, which often leads to behaviors that are adaptive or maladaptive in different ways. Simply put, with the by, with the mind and body connection that everyone has, as soon as you think something, signals in your brain send sends messages to promote sensations in your body, which then sends more messages back to your brain, which eventually translates to emotions that often drives our behaviors. And so there are so many examples of this. Um, I don't want to get too much into giving specific examples as they may or may not resonate with some of you. But it could be anything from walking into a room, saying hello to someone, looking at that person's facial expression. And before I continue, I can honestly say I often do this. I will look at someone's facial expression and then I'll mind read what I'm assuming that that person is thinking based off of his or her expression. You know, it could be worrying about not doing well in an interview and from there thinking that you'll never get a job. And then from there, thinking that you'll never excel in your career and not be financially stable. And then if you're not financially stable, um, catastrophizing or thinking the extreme, that maybe you'll be homeless because you'll never be financially stable. And so that last one was an extreme example, but you get my point. Really, the reality is we often make isolated situations turn out to be these dramatized significant issues because of our thinking. There could be a small issue or problem that we ruminate on, overthink, um, that now becomes this huge issue all because we accept what we're thinking as fact without you know, being skeptical about our thinking or without even questioning our thinking a little bit. So really, why is it so easy to buy into our thoughts or believe everything that we think? It's because they're our thoughts. It's really easier, much easier in my opinion, to refute what someone else says because like I've explained in a previous episode, as humans, we're pretty self-centered and egocentric and that's natural. So therefore, it's much more difficult to challenge and even question our own thinking than it is to question someone else's thinking. I often ask people to assess if their thinking is helpful or unhelpful. And even if you're buying into what you're thinking, um, if it's unhelpful for the situation, negatively impacting your mood and affecting how you function, then to me, it makes, it makes much more sense to think about how to shift your thinking in a different direction. Like I've referenced, the clinical term for this faulty way of thinking is catastrophizing, and all that is is having somewhat of an irrational thinking pattern, which a lot of us do have oftentimes, um, and when we believe that something or a situation is far worse than it is, that's when we're catastrophizing. And what's difficult is that leave it to our brains with the 60,000 plus thoughts that go through our minds. Imagine how quickly we can catastrophize something just by those thoughts that we have. So first, I think it's important to recognize some of the effects of negative thinking patterns um, and when we're kind of trapped in this way of thinking. First, thinking this way is associated with a lot of physical ailments and mental health difficulties, including chronic pain in our bodies, depression and anxiety disorders such as GAD and OCD. So really, knowing that there's this correlation with our thinking and mental and physical health, it should be an incentive to challenge a lot of what we think. Again, a mantra that I would love for those of you listening to remember is just because I think it does not make it true. So how can we be more aware and cognizant of our thoughts and deciding to not always easily believe everything we think and ideally slow down our reactions to different situations and things that we encounter day to day? How can we challenge this? A very simple way of just assessing and challenging our thinking could be done with the aid of therapy. And that's just for starters. And specifically, cognitive behavioral therapy. For those interested in in wanting to understand more, CBT is a simple therapy modality that helps people address their thinking and their behavioral patterns. It's learning how to recognize irrational or unhelpful thoughts and replacing them with more rational sound thoughts that will likely positively impact your mood and your emotions more so than these irrational thinking patterns do. And ideally, with time, practicing this can impact your behaviors and be more adaptive and help your behaviors become more adaptive. Mindfulness is another helpful way in calming down your mind and helping reduce the tendency to speed 50 steps ahead, which often causes a lot of anxiety within itself. And instead, mindfulness helps you stay present in the moment. Some people might have an image in their head of mindfulness looking like someone sitting in Indian style in a dark room with his or her eyes closed. But really, mindfulness comes in various forms. Um, the underlying purpose of mindfulness is just being able to stay present in the moment, which forces your brain to resist racing steps ahead, overthinking, making a situation bigger than it needs to be, Um because that's what really causes a lot of the distress. There's different apps that you can Google to help with mindfulness and meditation. Um, One app that I can recommend is the Calm app, C-A-L-M. And I think that's a really good one and a simple one to start with. Another useful way of not letting our overthinking get the best of us can be through journaling. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I used to write in my diary, that had a lock on it, and I basically use it to gossip about the day's events. And as an adult, when I was first reintroduced to journaling, I imagined it would serve a similar purpose, a similar childlike purpose, but I realized that I could, that it could be used for so much more than just writing down the day's events. But more significantly, for containing my thoughts, some of which might not be the most rational, um, and being able to reread what I've written, you know, just to assess what makes sense while challenging and restructuring the thoughts that maybe don't make much sense. Generally, it can also take a lot of the clutter that we hold in our minds and put it in another place, further positively impacting our emotional health. So it could be used for something that, you know, we call containment within therapy, just putting it away for later. Last, I think another more significant way of managing overthinking or catastrophizing can be through the use of psychotropic medication. If your thinking style contributes to significant distress, including you know, debilitating anxiety or depressive symptoms, then it could be important to see a psychiatrist or a primary care physician for medical advice regarding the use of medication as an intervention. And I think for some people, this is um, a helpful intervention. You know, one of my biggest intentions for this platform is to decrease the stigma around talking about mental health and really just normalizing difficulties that people experience. Um, I want to emphasize that it is okay to not have it all figured out and acknowledge that you need help and figure out how to change certain behaviors and thinking styles that no longer serve you. So really, I hope that this episode can just help people start thinking about their thinking, open your eyes to how you you know, how you think, how your thinking patterns might negatively impact how your relationships, including your romantic, platonic, um, work um, relationships um, are impacted and just help you become more curious the next time you're buying into thinking traps that are unhelpful. Again, I really urge you to not always automatically believe everything you think. And as always, I hope this was helpful. Looking forward to the next discussion.